Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with your hosts, Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts tackle the issue of pandemics and coronavirus. I'm trying to cope in a reality in which people are hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer as we practice social distancing. I am currently experiencing life at several WTFs per hour. Welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast. I'm Ray. I'm Mark. And this is the Cathartic Yardstick. All right, that song was just begging to be played. Of course, of course, because you and I never see things exactly eye to eye. I'm going to play Walking on Sunshine. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I don't feel fine. But, you know, we're going to get through this. Um, I think this will be remembered in history as, uh, as the week uh, the world really did change. Uh, not that it's the end, but I, I think... Things will be forever changed um, to some degree after this. That will be interesting because the world has a very short attention span normally. You've you've really got to scare the heck out of the world to notice a quantum change that's longstanding. Yeah, you know, it's been a rapidly changing situation and we're not really sure where everything's going to land. It's interesting. Uh, I was going to go into work this week, but after they, they said all non-essential people shouldn't go in, I decided to, to hang out, and uh, I, I sent an email in, and they said, oh, that's good, you're not coming in, because uh, you're the designated survivor for our office. Essentially, if someone, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then everyone's going to die, but if it comes down to someone tests positive in the office and everyone has to go into self-quarantine, they'll need somebody to come in who hasn't been exposed to uh, run the machinery for a while. Uh, so that would be me. Great. <laughs> I'd be kind of running the shop by myself for a while. You'll have, you'll have a 14-day shift. <laughs> right. 24-7. I'll be sleeping there. Yeah. Army of one. Yeah. Sounds like an excellent plan to me. Yeah, so that that is their, their back. I am their backup plan at, at the moment. You didn't say something like, here, I have a finger here I need to show you. <laughs> no, I got to take care of my baby. I got to take care of uh, our participants. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, okay. it, it's, uh, Party man. After, after 28 years, it's hard to pull away from that. And I did do some work this week uh, from home on the uh, hydroxychloroquine approval since that got approved for distribution for, uh, for COVID-19. I did a little bit of work on, on getting the code set in place that they could Ooh. activate that. So, so I actually, uh, in a kind of tangential way, uh, was doing a little bit of work on the, uh, the issue uh, this week. You've touched the virus. I, I have. I, the yeah, digitally. Issue. I have digitally touched the virus. Wow. Yeah. Gutsy. So, but I tell you, things are weird. I actually felt like I won the lottery this week when I got a confirmation from Amazon that they were shipping me some toilet paper. I mean, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but uh, I kept just going in to see if anything would come up as, as being in stock. And I got one that said it was in stock, and I ordered it and immediately said... After that, it wasn't in stock anymore, but it still said that you're, you're going to get a shipment between Monday and Wednesday this week. Uh, I don't know. It, it might happen. It might not. But I, I've never been so excited to get toilet paper in my life. 
I saw a great uh, meme, but it basically was when it came to me and toilet paper, I used to, you know, roll it like Wheel of Fortune. And now it's more like <laughs> a safe cracking episode, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's a commodity. We have, yeah, we have dramatically reduced uh, our, our toilet paper usage. Uh, and, and it's great. Like, uh, you know, we're, we're down to a couple rolls, but uh, I, I, we can make it. We can make it for another couple of weeks, I think. Um, but the other thing I've I've, uh, I've been doing is seeing if anyone's uh, doing price gouging. So I keep looking on eBay, and, and sure enough, uh, midweek somebody had a six pack of Costco toilet paper going for fifty dollars with shipping. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you know, yeah, you knew I've that seen, was going to happen. What know? I've seen is stuff like those uh, yakisoba um, soups, noodles, noodle soups. Mm-hmm. That you yeah. just add hot water to. Normally, you go to Walmart, and those are about what ninety-seven cents a piece or something like that. Right. And uh, now they're selling them for like three, four, or five bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, geez. And it was weird being uh, being in the stores this week because the the shelves were just stripped, but but not consistently. You can still get a lot of fresh food. On Thursday, I went out and I hit a bunch of places that I'm not sure are going to be open in the coming weeks. So I went to the fish store where we buy fish and got some fish. And I went to the Italian import store and got a bunch of stuff because I'm not sure those little little stores are going to be you know still open uh, in a couple of weeks. And it, it was it was weird. Uh, There's a lot of tension in the air. Uh, by the time I got to the big grocery market, you know, I was looking for toilet paper there too, and there was none. And I just you know got a bunch of canned fish and stuff, and I was checking out. And I must have looked really stressed because the woman had just cleaned you know the self checkout, and she just looked at me and smiled and said. You doing okay? I said, yeah, I'm all right. So I was probably, you know, I hadn't slept much the night before. Not that I was worried that um, I was going to get the virus or anything. I was just really worried that I was going to experience something I hadn't experienced before, and it was going to make me feel really bad about humanity. (laughs) I was going to run into, like, somebody doing something horrible, and it would just destroy my faith in humanity. But it didn't happen. Well, what I can say is, is you can adapt, you know, so it's like if you run low on toilet paper, stock up on cheese <laughs> or, or meals ready to eat from the army <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and that'll take care of you. You won't go again until probably fall. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be great. <laughs> Although the MRE does include toilet paper. <laughs> stock up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's everything in one package. Stock up. I, I would also like to officially apologize to all the preppers I've ever made fun of. You were right. We're, are they right or are they the problem? <laughs> oh, no. I, oh, no. <laughs> I know. I think, oh, I think no. some of them were right. I don't think it's the, the preppers that are hoarding stuff because they've already got their supplies in, in place. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it seems like even when they, you know, smack down on the you know, curfew kind of things, uh, shelter in place things. Um, it's not stopping trucks from delivering. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still not seeing that, but of course I have not, it's so weird working from home. I have not been out really, except to drop off my daughter at work. I haven't been out since like Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the stores are like right now. Yeah. I went out Thursday and uh, it, it wasn't too bad, but I, I want to really try to, you know, to confine this thing. So uh, I'm not going to go out till next Thursday. We have, you know, enough supplies till then. So I'll be venturing out again uh, next Thursday and see how things look. I have a feeling that things, uh, the supply side should rebound a little bit. 
you can still get like fresh produce. You can get you know fresh food, fresh meat, things like that. It's it was all the uh, shelf stable stuff that that had disappeared, and it was pretty much exactly what they, you know, the CDC was saying what you should stock up on. That's what everybody stocked up on. Right. What I'm wondering is I'm wondering when the wave really hits, will you know that this is near the high water mark for you? And will you know live time when it starts dropping, you start coming out the other end? Or will that be something that happens like three weeks later? They say, okay, I think we hit the crest and we're on our way down now. How much of a lag? I don't know. Uh, I, I think at least around here, people seem to be taking it pretty seriously. So we'll see. I mean, New York is pretty much on, well, not really on lockdown, but they've asked for, you know, all unnecessary travel, unnecessary, you know, meetings, uh, asked for people to work from home. All the stores, um, except for, you know, central services, you know, drugstores, um, uh, supermarkets are, are going to be clo- are going to be closed except for just, you know, the drugstores and the supermarkets. And, you know, bowling alleys, doctor's offices, a lot of other stuff is, is closed, not doctors, but dentist offices uh, you know you can't get your hair cut anywhere uh i mean we'll see uh you know being bald is a a real advantage in this situation Uh, (laughs) (laughs) not complaining i'm halfway through getting a crown for my tooth so i know know, the dentist's office shuts down so interesting times yeah i was thinking was going to happen is there's going to just be this kind of compression effect that you know, once things are back open, there'll be such a backlog that it's going to be impossible to get, you know, a dental appointment or, you know, hair appointment or whatever for a while because there'll be such a, a backlog of things. I hope not, but we'll see. It'll be, it'll be pretty crazy. Um, the thing I get most concerned about is, um, like, I think the fundamentals of the economy are sound. You don't have the same structural problems as you had, like, in 2008. So mm-hmm. I, w- I would believe it when people say this is likely, you know, a V-shaped recession, you know, situational. And when it passes, we'll rebound. But the thing I get concerned about is how much of the economy is based on small business and how many small businesses will die because they, right. they can't weather this for any length of time. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, in all the restaurants and, you know, the uh, hospitality businesses, I don't know how they're going to survive this. Because, you know, some of the, the hotels that we go to up here, like, you know, in the Berkshires are, are closing down. But I, I, it'll rebound. And this is not a forever kind of thing. Uh, you know, eventually it'll work its way through, you know, the, the exposed pop population. There's, there's people, I'm sure, that are taking extra care, you know, especially people who are you know, medically fragile or, you know, in certain age groups that are going to be really protective. But the rest of us is probably going to eventually pass through the population probably pretty quickly. Uh, And then I I imagine a vaccine isn't too, too far off. So, yeah, so maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, I'm thinking uh, maybe it'll start looking back to normal, but it'll never quite go back to the way it was, I don't think. How long do you think I'll be teleworking for? If I had to guess, I would say maybe six months. Wow. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's quite some time. Yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, since uh, the gym's closed, uh, we've been hiking this week and just going out for walks. And I would expect people to maybe be make a little more effort to be friendly when you run into them on the road. And 
uh, about half hour and half are just, you know, if they see you coming from pretty far away, they cross the street and they don't make eye contact. Well, so, this New York State, I mean. <laughs> it, it is. But, uh, yeah, I would think people would make maybe a little little extra effort to uh, to be friendly and, and supportive. Uh, and, and a lot of people are, but some some really aren't. So I think uh, in the end, there'll be a little bit of a paradigm shift uh, with regard to public health. One of the things that you know that you and I grew up with was, and pretty much infectious diseases were were, uh, were under control completely. You know, by the time you know we reached our adulthood, you know, the old what they used to call the childhood diseases had all been pretty much wiped out for us: polio, mumps, measles, rubella, pertussis, diphtheria, typhus, smallpox. We had chickenpox though, and our kids had. Well, did your kids have chickenpox? Um, I don't think they ever got Remember? it. They have a vaccine for that now, but that was in '95. And I was talking to my mother this week. I asked her actually to be on the podcast. She said, "No, no, no, no." But she said, "Say hello to Mark." So, hello, Mark. Oh, hello. Gosh, your mom's never said hi to me before. I'm, I'm touched. That's nice. Yeah. Say hi back. <laughs> yeah. So, I was talking to her about uh, polio, which is, is not really much of a comparison because uh, you know it affected a much smaller part of the population. But it, it was something that was an issue. For, for, for kids growing up. And we actually just missed that because the, uh, the Salk vaccine came about in 1955 and the uh, Sabine uh, vaccine was in 62. So uh, we, we were right at the start of that being uh, vaccinated for, but it, it was a huge issue, you know, back, uh, you know, the first half of the, uh, the 20th century. And my mother was talking about kids with polio. And at first I was thinking she was talking about when she was a kid, but no, she was talking about when she was a student nurse. So this would have been in the, the late fifties that, you know, she had polio patients and, mm-hmm. and they didn't really know much about it. And she said, well, it was summer and there wasn't air conditioning. So in the hospital wards, all the windows were open. So there was no, you know, negative air pressure systems. It wasn't airborne, but they didn't really know how it was transmitted. Remember they, they used to think it was swim, swimming pools, maybe, maybe in the water. And, and really, what right. it was was a crowds of kids together. Yeah, but also, well, it was it was passed on uh, the way like noroviruses are, like you know the the intestinal flu. That was actually the transmission method. So you know, it, it, it was pretty contagious. And a poorly chlorinated pool or freshwater swimming hole was like just ripe for for passing that around. So my mother said, you know, in the summer, a lot of those places would get closed, probably when you'd want them the most. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they put a lot of effort into it and, uh, you know, public health and got much better. Uh, but, you know, so this is a new thing. Um, and part of it, I think we kind of got lax about that, thinking we'd, we'd, uh, we'd won the war on infectious diseases combined with, uh, you know, easy international travel. I, I didn't go outside the country till I think 2008 was the first year I left the United States. Uh, ever. Hmm. And since then, you know, like at least twice a year, I was going somewhere else, you know, Italy, Iceland, Canada frequently. So, you know, it was just kind of, it was a perfect situation for something like this to happen. Yeah. And and even for this, I, I assume what's really kicking in all the protocols is the danger of the medical system getting overloaded. You know, if, if it looked like, you know, it was fairly manageable at the ER, I'm wondering if you'd see any of these lockdowns. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The higher the normal fatality rate goes into it, too. Right. Yeah, this is this is no doubt a bad one, uh, the worst one we've ever seen. 
I don't know. It's, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a, a lot of issues that have to be answered. You know, there was a time when if you, you know, came to this country, you'd have to be quarantined for a while to make sure you didn't have any uh, contagious diseases. Uh, you know, are, are we going right. to go back to that? Are we going to find some, some middle ground? I, I don't know. Certainly, we've got pretty lax about those things. Uh, and I, I don't think we need to go back to more draconian measures that we've we had in the early part of the 20th century. But we maybe need to uh, develop a new technology, have better tests, less invasive kind of testing, quick testing, uh, just to protect uh, the population. And I wonder if we'll find that there'll still be large public gatherings like concerts and things like that, but it's always a little more judicious, you know? I, I mean, I don't know how you would do that, but right. uh, certainly before we would have large gatherings without any concern of something like this. And so what's it going to be going forward when you're cognizant of, well, certain times of the year or based on how different bugs are moving around the planet, you may just not have a concert season this year. Right. I don't know. And things like air travel, um, you know, and cruises, you pay a lot for an airline ticket or a cruise, and maybe you're not feeling well. And, you know, a lot of people would just just take the flight or the cruise thinking, well, I'll, I'll feel better when I get there or, or whatnot, but you know, I can't lose all this money. I put all this money into this vacation, and it's the only time I have off this year for a vacation, and I'm just going to go. And, you know, is that going to change? Is it going to be routine to just monitor people's temperature when they're getting on an airplane and not let people on who are running a fever? Could something like that happen? And then, uh, you know, you run into the same question we were talking about last time is now when you have like shelter in place, except for essential travel, you know, you start putting the National Guard on the street and what happens when they notice old lady Fogarty? who basically just wants to go out and play bridge or do whatever she wants. Right. It says, come and get me. It's like, well, now you're forcing the parameters of the law, Mm -hmm. you know, to basically hold you in house confinement, you know, house arrest. Right. Yeah. And as we mentioned last week, it's that issue of where do you come down when it comes to public health policy versus, you know, personal liberties. They're not necessarily in conflict with each other, but, they can be, and uh, people, you know, <laughs> do people have the right to infect others? <laughs> I, I don't that's, know. And mm. if they don't, what do you do to prevent that? That's right. You know, this is this is stuff we haven't really thought about because it's been stuff like you know the common cold, which so many people, you know, they have cold, but they've got something important at work. They'll go into work, and you know, the whole thing where. It goes around the whole office, and it, it's no big deal. You know, people share the cold in the office, and you know, everyone just moves on. But when we got more serious things going on, what do you do? That really changes the stakes, uh, right? In, in how you handle situations like that, right? You know, and, and I've I've seen when uh, when folks have somebody elderly, you know, at home or something like that, it's uh, a lot more intense. You know, the yeah. level of concern and whatnot. That's understandable. Yeah, I've, I've got, yeah, I've got an 89-year-old mother and an 83-year-old mother-in-law, and you know, we're worried about them. Uh, we'd like to see them, but we know we can't, and uh, <laughs> what, what do you do? I was, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and uh, their, their mom had had a stroke, and they brought her to the ER, and basically that's where the family gets scraped off. <laughs> you, can't, you can't hang around the ER anymore. 
And so you're trying to figure out how do I get information to the doctor about my mom? Cause I'm not right at her side anymore. You know, so it's, it's, it's wild, a lot different. Mm. So I, I think this will be one of the defining, uh, events of, uh, of our generation. And then watch this. We'll do a podcast a year from now. It'll be what, 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 what? we had, a, there was a flu going around. Well, t- think- till the aliens arrive and want to start farming us. Yeah. That's true. This is probably the advance to the invasion, you know, get us all, uh, they're going to, they're going to take over our office space. And so they want us working from home so we won't catch them. So what else okay. you got? Any other concerns the, you want to bring to my attention? Any other advice you would like? Oh, uh, that, that's it. I've got questions, but no answers pretty much, but you know, yeah. that, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. But you know, that's, if the answers were easy, we'd know them already. The, the big, the biggest thing I'm wondering right now is like, you know, if you, if the analogy is to a storm, you can see a storm coming, you can tell when you're kind of in the middle of the storm and you can tell when the storm is passing and you react accordingly with something like this. I'm not sure it's going to be very clear. You're going to know when it gets bad, but you're not going to know how long bad is going to last for, or if it's going to get worse. Right. And then as it starts fading, it's probably not going to be very evident I mean, it's not like the numbers are instantly going to drop way off, I don't think. So how's it going to manifest itself? How long are we left dangling, not knowing? Because we do like immediate gratification now, too, you know. We'll hunker down for a set amount of time as long as we know exactly how long that amount of time is for. <laughs> right. I'll stay home. compensated for it. <laughs> not, not any more than X number of weeks. Uh, but things will be a little different after this. Uh, if you're sitting on a... A train and the person in the next aisle is coughing, you're probably going to feel a little bit differently about that. Of course, they probably did during the days of tuberculosis, too. <laughs> so they, they did. They did. Yeah. But they, they shipped everybody out to the hinterlands for, for treatment for that, out to the fresh air. Do you know that when I was a kid, um, I think my brother was in high school, and as I recall, somebody at his high school had been exposed to tuberculosis or something. So Mm -hmm. he and all the family members had to get tested. And I think he was the only one that showed he had been exposed to it. Uh, But I've still got my scar on my arm from going to Glenridge Hospital, north of uh, Schenectady, and for my tuberculosis test. Now, the tuberculosis test was a lot like, um, what was the other vaccine? There was, so what I remember, what I remember about the tuberculosis test. It was on the inside of my left arm. As a matter of fact, I'm still looking at the scar right now. It's a circular scar and has a bunch of points in it. But what was, there was another vaccine I had that was just brutal. It was smallpox, um, smallpox vaccine. Where they just take a needle and keep stabbing your arm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like, what the heck are you doing? They would like uh, paint on this little reagent onto your arm uh, or antigen, and then they would just take this, this this big needle and just jab it in like I don't know, like eight times or something. Oh man, and it it'd felt leave like a, more than that. It'd leave a horrible scar. Yeah, yeah, I've still got that on yeah. my arm. So yeah, we were at the tail end of a lot. I don't think they're they're not doing that with kids. They didn't do it with my kids. <laughs> no, maybe they came up with a better vaccination. Yeah, maybe that maybe seemed kind of crude, didn't it? Yes, it did. You know, it's like yeah. I'm waiting for it to like I flinch, and it's like, oh, that's just the first stab. It's like forty of them. It's like, what the heck are you doing? 
Yeah, I remember seeing my brother get it, and I was horrified because I don't remember if that was before or after me. I, th- I feel like we got it around the same time. And that was smallpox, you say? Smallpox, yeah. Smallpox, okay. Yeah, that was. they, they got to come up with a better system. I'm sure they have. Mm. Anything else for the good of the order? Uh, oh, gosh, I don't know. But we're all in this together, and we'll get through this. Huh? We'll get through this. You've been listening to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast. Stay safe, be healthy, and drop us a line if you get a chance. An app for your phone, it connects like 20 different neighborhoods. Is that the one where you swipe right? Excuse me. (laughs) 